Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the IMDB synopsis. Season four, episode twelve, reprise. When Eurekans start behaving oddly, Carter scours the town for a cause, never suspecting that Allison, miles from home, is the one facing real danger. Original air date, July 18th, 2011. Creators Andrew Cosby and Jamie Paglia. Written by Amy Berg and directed by Matthew Hastings. Um, somebody order 99 red balloons. 99 red balloons. Hi, this is Vicki, and I'm here with my co-host, Kim. Hi, everybody. And we're back for Season 4, Episode 12, Reprise. Boop, boop. Coincidentally, the last time you were here, we talked about Felicia Day coming in, and you didn't know who she was. The redhead? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And yeah. did you know who she was when she showed up? Have you seen her before? She looked familiar, but I couldn't catch it. I figured she's just in so many things that you would recognize her. She looks familiar, yeah. but I was just like, okay. So, as we said, this is the first episode with Felicia Day. What do you think of her character so far? So far, she's okay. She's a little ditzy, but yeah. I love her. Yeah, yeah I like I her. think she's great. Yeah. I like this episode. <laughs> We open with Vincent dancing to Pink. <laughs> I think I rewound that four times because he kind of looks like he could dance. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's actually dancing or if they're just cutting it so it makes it look like he could dance. Well, you but... know, when you're, you don't see the bottom half, yeah. you, everything I looks guess, good. Yeah, I guess you know? maybe that's what they did, but he kind of looked like he could dance. <laughs> he finds Felicia Day, Dr. Holly Martin, standing outside. She babbles a lot about sitting on a plane and traveling to the point where Vincent offers decaf. <laughs> I just rather not sit at all. I've been flying for seven hours. Well, not me personally. I was on a plane. I prefer trains, though, because you can put your stuff on the seat next to you and people won't sit there. And you can get up and walk around. I'm fine out here. So, decaf. So we move to GD where Fargo's interrupting Larry's vacation to get his daily agenda. I guess he's not interrupting him. It looks like if he's on vacation, he still has to take care of all Fargo's stuff. Mm -hmm. He's telling him he has a phone meeting with Senator Wen who we were introduced to last episode. He tries to cancel his meeting with Dr. Parrish, but he decides to keep it. Uh, conference call at 8.30 with Senator Wen, 9 a.m. with Dr. Parrish. Parrish, reschedule. What would you like uh, the reason to be? Uh, how about because I hate his stupid face and I can't stand his whining? Right, message sent. Oh, no, 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 I was joking. Back at Cafe Diem. Would you like a espresso? Oh, no, I don't drink coffee. I love a good cup of herbal tea. It's so much more calming, you know? I'm here on assignment, so my nerves are a little frayed. Holly, did I mention that? I'm talking too much, aren't I? No, it's awkward. Holly explains neuro-linguistic programming to Vincent. She encoded some of her MP3s with it to manage her anxiety. Fargo finds out that Senator Wynn's representative is due in at 10 to do an inquiry of the FTL incident. Fargo panics, and we find out that Holly Martin is the representative. So Larry tells Fargo that Holly was once recruited by GD, but she turned them down because she'd rather work alone. Fargo psychs himself up for meeting her by playing the Eye of the Tiger. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Good episode. It was. It was funny watching him doing all that dance. Well, it wasn't really dancing, but whatever he was doing. But it was even funnier when when they showed it from outside of his office where mm -hmm. everybody's just watching him. Everything looks good on the waist up. I know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> then we move over to Smart House to find Kevin's getting disgusted over Jack and Allison's displays of affection. Allison's heading to a medical conference and Jack's going to take care of Jenna and Kevin while she's away. 
Kevin's pretty much ignoring everything else and saying to him and listening to music. And I think she even offers to take him to a medical conference. Like, yeah, I would jump at that. (laughs) (laughs) Allison tells him that she also had Deputy Andy upgraded with the latest childcare techniques. That would have been great. (laughs) Police, I survived the teenage daughter. And apart from her running away a few dozen times in a brief stint in jail, she turned out okay. Okay, so we jump to Henry's house where he is playing I'll Melt With You, and Grace comes dancing into the room. Apparently, Henry hates 80s music, but I guess Grace likes it. Mm-hmm. But he says marriage is a compromise. He's celebrating that it's been six months since he came home. So a lot of time has passed since they came back from uh, 1947. Grace wishes that every morning could be like this one, and Henry says he has an idea about that. And I forget what episode it was with Dud Gramley, where Grace and Henry were wearing these things so they could hear each other's memories or see each other's memories to get to know each other better. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Dud Gramley says, why can't they ever just do anything the normal way? And here again, Henry comes up with this idea that's just going to wreak havoc. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As always. And it's just about, why can't they just go on a date like regular people? Mm. So Joe's new house is ready. Zane jogs by and calls it the TARDIS house. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yay! When I, was, I know, when I was writing that down, I was like, I know she didn't miss this. No, I didn't miss it. <laughs> I said a TARDIS! And Joe apparently doesn't know what a TARDIS is. He says, you know, bigger on the inside. And he mentions a wormhole from 1947. So Joe knows now that he absolutely he knows. knows. Mm-hmm. She goes straight to Fargo and slaps him in the head. And he explains he thought they were going to die. Joe tells Fargo that she was over Zane. Which she wasn't. He's not. And now he's starting to look at her like he did back in the old timeline. Fargo walks away from Joe when he sees Holly walk in. Fargo's really abrupt with her and tells her to keep up as they go to see the FTL. And Joe follows. They go to Section 5 and Holly's very excited. She goes over to the FTL and Fargo offers a demonstration and Holly disappears. What'd you do? Got rid of her. It's for the best. So, who wants breakfast? Joe panics, but Fargo calmly says that he got rid of her and it's for the best. (laughs) Joe doesn't understand what's happening. Fargo tells Zane and Joe that Holly would have figured out that the design came from the Einstein Bridge and their time travel would be uncovered. But he says it matter-of-factly. Normally, Fargo would panic. You know something's not right here. Joe wants to know where he sent her, and Fargo seems more interested in breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) We move on to Cafe Diem where Kevin looks bored as Carter fusses with Jenna. We find out that the Carter from this timeline used to take Kevin out on investigations. He used to take him out in the cop car. And really? Is he, this a timeline that we missed? Well, we never saw this Carter. The oh, Carter, the okay, Carter that he, This Carter replaced from oh, the timeline they're in now. Oh, right. Like, what's his face? Got a white. Right. Oh, okay. And that, that Henry is gone and this Henry's He's here. There, now, right. apparently the Carter that was always yeah, there okay. used to take Kevin out on investigations. It seems like they had a totally different relationship than they have now. Kevin says that Carter's all domesticated now. <laughs> Carter gets a call from Joe, and Kevin gets really excited, thinking he's going to get to go out on a call. Carter explains the situation to Kevin. He explains it because he doesn't want Kevin to get involved, but he knows that Kevin's extremely smart. Mm-hmm. What if a hypothetical person got blown away by the FTL? Where would they be? And Kevin says that they would probably be at the BCE site. Kevin wants to go with Jack to the BCE site, but Jack tells him they're not going to go. He's going to let Joe handle it because it's supposed to be his day off. 
But Kevin takes Jack's keys while Carter's distracted by Vincent and a martini to get the party started. Oh, yeah, because there's music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then he tells him there's a party later. Kevin takes off with the Jeep before Carter can stop him. Joe brings Carter to the BCE site, and Kevin comes out of the woods with Holly Martin, who thinks this was the best thing ever. Yeah, she thinks it was really a demonstration. Yeah. Carter's angry at Kevin, but doesn't mention it to Allison, who calls from the road. While Allison's on the phone, the phone disconnects, and Allison has a flat. She sees an accident up ahead. The girl on the side of the road says... Her father, who was not in the same car with her, lost control when he hit debris. On the road, the same debris Allison hit when she got a flat tire. Allison climbs down and hits her head on a rock. Back at GD, Joe and Zane discuss Fargo and how Joe has him locked up. Holly still thinks the whole thing is great and has no idea that Fargo did that to get rid of her or that they have him locked up. She mentions something about Einstein's theory about space-time. That's what they're really worried about that she's going to connect it to the bridge device. Oh, okay. Joe sends her to the infirmary. She tells her it's a protocol after somebody takes a time jump or whatever Mm -hmm. it is she did. Zane tells Joe that he can disguise the origins of the FTL to keep Holly from figuring it out. Zane wants Joe to deal with their past relationship, but she tells him that they don't exist in this or any timeline. You know, in the X-Files, they were all hallucinating people, like Carter was seeing Nathan... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that she kind of realized that she was romanticizing her relationship with mm-hmm. Zane, but she's carrying it too far. She keeps saying it didn't work. We didn't work together. Right. But they did. Yeah. It wasn't Zane standing there saying all that lovey-dovey, mushy stuff, but it didn't not work. I don't know. I think she's just scared that he might forget or not want to be bothered or be hurt again. Yeah, probably too. Because she was never really the sensitive type anyways. Where she doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve. Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's how you say she it. Doesn't, yeah. She doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve. So she's more introvert to me on that note. Where now that he hurt her feelings, you know, really bad. Could you come back and you don't know who I am? Yeah, but it's not his fault. Right. But he started dating... Zoe. Zoe. You know, it's kind of weird. I don't know. Oh, I would yeah. feel... I still love you, but then I'm still hurt. But she's trying to say that that relationship meant nothing. And that because she was hallucinating this fake Zane, who was telling her she was beautiful and whatever else he was telling her, that she thought she was seeing the fake Zane to tell her that she was romanticizing that old relationship. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't as good as she was thinking it was. But it was. Yeah. She just always goes to the extreme of everything. She's trying to talk herself into that the relationship was horrible, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. at all. I didn't think, anyway. Jack brings Kevin to the sheriff's office where Andy's babysitting for Jenna. Oh, there's Sheriff Carter and your big brother Kevin. He just perpetrated code 503. That's Grand Theft Auto. Yes, it is. Kevin says he doesn't know why he took the car, except that he had an overwhelming urge to help. Joe calls for Carter... Joe is about to leave a message with Andy telling Carter that she has everything under control when she drives up to her house and finds it on fire. Do it. Yeah, that's the poor thing. (laughs) She goes inside to find Zane with a blowtorch. He walks out and says, hey, Joe, like nothing happened. So at this point, these people have to figure out there's something wrong. Fargo's wanting to kill somebody. Kevin's stealing Carter's car. Mm -hmm. And I know Carter used to take him on investigations, but I'm sure he didn't let him drive the car. Right. You know, he's not that irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And Zane is burning down Joe's house. 
And so back at Carter's office, we see Joe yelling at Zane through the bars of the jail. But then we see that she's the one inside the cell and Zane's on the outside. Like, Carter locked her up because she couldn't calm down. <laughs> he was probably afraid she would kill Zane. Zane says that Joe was ignoring him. And that's what he did. Well, what song was playing for him? Burning down the house. Burning down the house. Joe tells Carter that Fargo told Zane about the time jump. Carter thinks all this has something to do with the FTL since Zane and Fargo were both in the capsule and they're both acting weird. I have to imagine he doesn't think Kevin would take his car, but finding out that he used to take Kevin on investigations and stuff, Mm. maybe it doesn't occur to him that Kevin's acting weird yet. Yeah. Because he doesn't really know Kevin. This Kevin. Yeah, that's true. He knew the autistic Kevin. Kevin, right. Yeah. So he doesn't know if that's something Kevin would do. Carter's going to have Zane checked out, and Kevin seems to be itching for some action. (laughs) Joe promises not to kill Zane, so Carter lets her out, and they go to get Zane checked. And now Zane has to watch over Joe committing a 187 after he 1071 her house. Yes! We move back to Henry and Grace, who are working on something in the garage. Jack calls, but Henry doesn't pick up. Back at the accident site, Allison makes it to the wreck, but she doesn't find anyone in the car. She calls up to the daughter to bring her a case out of her car. At GD, Fargo and Zane are getting checked over, and Joe apologizes to Holly, who still doesn't seem offended that Fargo tried to get rid of her. (laughs) But she says because he FTL'd her, she thinks it might happen to her, too, because Zane and Fargo are the only ones they think are affected. Okay. And because they used that FTL drive on her, she thinks it might happen to her, too. So dogs run by as Carter calls Joe and says he's heading over to Henry's. Carter and Kevin come across something weird on the road, and it kind of looks like falling rocks stopped in midair. Joe sends Holly to the site because she's busy herding dogs. Holly thinks the rocks are in some sort of stasis field. She says the rocks are moving slower than we could see with the naked eye. So they're moving, but they're just moving too slow for anyone to see. Hi! You're not Joe. No, I'm Holly. We met earlier. I'm not surprised you don't remember. I remember. Joe sent me. She's busy herding dogs. Excuse me? No, no, not hurting. Herding, with a D. With a D. Yeah, someone let all the dogs out of the behavioral science lab, which I totally get. I mean, yes, research requires test subjects, and no, they weren't being harmed, but they're all cooped up in there, and... Whoa. I know, right? Uh, so what is it? It's a landslide, but the rocks aren't moving. It must be some kind of stasis field. Stasis field? Are you like a frozen bubble in time? Well, it only looks like time has stopped. Stopping time would violate the uncertainty principle. The rocks are still moving, only at a rate imperceptible to the naked eye. Have you ever played Warhammer? Jack seems more confused than ever with Holly, because she babbles. (laughs) Yeah, she does. Holly thinks that the stasis field is expanding, and it wouldn't be good if a person were to get stuck in there. Kevin takes off again with Jack's Jeep. He finds him at the sheriff's office looking up something. You know, and when he went back to the sheriff's office to look up something, I thought it occurred to him about the songs. Mm. But they never tell us what he was looking up. Hmm. Jenna pukes on Carter, and Carter asks Andy to watch Kevin, and he goes and changes into his uniform. Back at the accident site, Allison takes a DNA sample from the steering wheel and tells the daughter that can be used as sort of a GPS for DNA. And they can try to track wherever her father went. She thinks he might have a head injury. Zane tries to calculate how long before the stasis field reaches GD, but Holly figures it out in her head, and she says it's seven minutes. Fargo's still yelling at her from the sidelines. (laughs) Well, I guess he's locked up behind a a barrier kind of thing. 
After Carter changes into his uniform, he asks Kevin why he was singing the theme from Cops. Kevin says it's stuck in his head. He says he downloaded a new playlist that morning and Cops was the first song. Carter asks if the rest were about crime fighting and Kevin says most of them were. So I don't know what Kevin was going to look up. I thought he had figured out the song thing, Mm. but he seems to come to the song conclusion after Carter brings it up. So I don't know what he came Mm. back to the office to look up. Carter notices who let the dogs out on the list, and it all starts to click. Kevin says all the music in Rika comes from Vincent's. They go there, and Pink is still playing, but they're now they're having a big party, and it looks like a nightclub. Yep. <laughs> Carter tells Kevin to shut it down, and Vincent objects. <laughs> Carter calls Joe and asks if Zane is a Talking Heads fan. So he lets Joe hear Vincent yelling at him. Hey, uh, Carter, we might be able Don't to... Don't you touch that, Sheriff! Because... Because we are here to pump up the volume. Joe. Break down to the beat. Because that is how we do. And these hymns don't lie. The whole speech he gave him was just like a list of song titles or lyrics from songs. Right. So Carter starts to tell Joe that the music is the problem, but he gets his phone knocked out of his hands. Joe asked Zane if he was listening to the Talking Heads that morning. He said yes, he was when he was running. And he starts listing songs, and Joe asks him about burning down the house. She asks Fargo what he listened to that day, and he turns on the eye of the tiger and holds his little yeah. thing over his head like, what's that movie, Say Anything? Remember that movie? It, the name of it's Say Anything. It was John Cusack, and I can't remember the girl's name. When he holds the boombox in oh, your yeah, eyes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know the scene. I don't think I've seen the movie, but yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's a good movie. You should see it. It's old, old, old. So at Cafe Diem, Carter's crawling around looking for his phone. He calls Joe just as 99 red balloons are delivered. Yeah. I hated that song. Did you like that song? Do you remember? I, I, I remember, yeah. 99 red balloons yeah. Oh my God, I hated that song. <laughs> I hope that'll stick in my head tonight. No, I of the Tiger will stick in your head. Yeah, and I was like, oh, he's just so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought him a dorky, but I liked it when he did that. Oh yeah, he's cute. Yeah, 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 he's adorable. They're supposed to be evacuating GD, but Joe won't leave until they can figure out who's doing this. Back at Henry's house, we see the Stasis field is there, and Grace and Henry are in it. It looks like they were just ready to kiss, and now they're stuck in it. So I don't know if this is what Henry... They never actually explain. We know that Holly's music screwed things up, mm. but Henry and Grace did something. They probably obviously weren't going to cause a Stasis field mm. that was going to cover the whole town. But what the heck were they doing? To me, they looked like they wanted to stop a moment in time. Right, but then how were they going to get out of it? It was Rika. I know, but they never actually say, Mm. this is what we were trying to do. This is what happened. Meanwhile, Allison and the girl are getting close to finding her father. They find him unconscious under a tree. She sends the daughter up to meet the paramedics and to tell them where they are. They kept saying, and maybe I missed it, but they kept saying that they didn't have any phone service. Yeah, they did. So when did they call the paramedics? But they did. Both of them said they didn't have any phone. That's what I thought. I don't know. I thought maybe I missed it. Okay, Carter and Kevin are looking at the playlist to find every song that was accessed and who played it. Carter asked Kevin if there was a song about stopping time, and he finds Stop the World and Mill It With You. Back at GD, Fargo says it's got to be more than just a bug in the update. Holly says maybe the songs are related to an impulse that's already there. Zane wanted Joe's attention, and then he listened to Burning Town in the House, which mm-hmm. is an extreme way to get her attention, but that impulse of getting her attention was already there. 
Hallie says it's like they've been hypnotized or influenced, like her new neurologistic programming. And then she realizes that it's her programming that's causing all of this, along with whatever Henry did. The jukebox at Vincent's downloads all the music in town. So I guess all you have to do, if you have music anywhere in town, you don't even have to play it, and the jukebox just downloads it. So everybody in Eureka has the same music. Okay. Joe asks her not very calmly if she can reverse it. Holly babbles and Joe loses her patience. You caused this. Now I really hate her! Can you reverse it? Maybe. Uh, probably. I would have to adjust the pitch frequencies uh, to reprogram everyone individually. Theoretically, oh, I... God, can you do it or not? Yes. Holly says that she can do it as Zane announces that the stasis field has made it to GD. They have to find the point of origin to reverse it. They figure out it's at Henry's garage. Carter figures it out at the same time. And also that it wasn't an accident. They were trying to live out the song. I still don't understand. I get, yeah, they want to stop a moment in time, but... They didn't know about the music, though. Right, but still. To use the words of Dud Gramley, can't they do anything in the normal way? No, because it They have to build this whole machine. Something was built purposely just for them to. I don't know if that whole machine was built. I I think maybe they adjusted it. I don't know what they did, but... She said, I wish every morning could be like this. Right, and he said it can be. Or did he? I had an idea about that or something. Yeah, and I'm like... Can't they just go on a date? Right, yeah, that's true. (laughs) But then it wouldn't be Eureka. (laughs) So Carter heads to Henry's. Kevin wants to go, but Carter won't let him. Holly's working on a reversal at GD. Fargo's still being hostile. Holly finishes, and they start to leave GD. The stasis field hits the lobby and traps all the people evacuating. Holly, Zane, and Fargo get trapped, and Holly has the programs. So Kevin tries to run out of the sheriff's office, and Andy stops him. Kevin says that Jack's in danger from Bob Marley <laughs> and leaves. Oh, yeah. So he must have seen that Joe was listening to I Shot the Sheriff. Carter arrives at Henry's garage to find it in all in stasis. Joe arrives and pulls out her gun on Carter. Carter ducks and, well, he doesn't really duck. He jumps, and Joe shoots. Carter jumps right into the stasis field with the bullet following. And we know that's still moving. Like mm-hmm. like Holly said, it's not just stuck. It's moving very slowly. Kevin shows up to try to stop her. And we find out that him putting on his uniform is what triggered her. Mm-hmm. Because she was with him all day. But he was in his regular clothes. Oh. It was his day off. Mm-hmm. Kevin tries to convince her that they have to shut off the device in the garage. But if Kevin shuts off the device, the bullet will hit Jack. Kevin plays Why Can't We Be Friends. <laughs> that song, when I was like 16, 15, 16, mm-hmm. the people I hung around with loved that. Mm-hmm. And that's all I could think as soon as you started playing that. I was 16 again. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin plays Why Can't We Be Friends for Joe, and she puts the gun down. Kevin says they can save him, but they have to time it perfectly. He runs inside and tries to climb around the field to get the machine to shut it down, and it's not all that easy. He's got to swing on a chain and everything so he shuts it down and joe charges carter she knocks him down before the bullet hits him but it hits her in the shoulder so everyone in town is released and fargo's bobblehead is broken (laughs) apparently joe is wearing a bulletproof vest so she's okay so holly runs to download the music cure to everyone Joe tells Carter that he really needs to thank Kevin. He did a lot. He he saved everybody, really. Fargo's yelling at Hallie on the way to download the cure and mentions her report. She tells them that she's not filing a report, that she's there to evaluate the FTL for long-term space exploration. 
before the grant comes final. Remember I told you a mm-hmm. long time ago that they'd be talking about the planet Titan yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. So apparently that's what she's there for. She's They're getting $20 billion to build a spacecraft to reach... Crap. A spacecraft to reach Titan. <laughs> At the accident site, the paramedics come and takes the girl's father away. Apparently he's going to be fine. Jack, Kevin, Jenna, and Andy are in Cafe Diem as everyone's putting it back together. Andy says the cure's been deployed and everyone should be fine. But people are still dancing in the street, so Andy <laughs> thinks they may have missed a spot. Allison wants to know why people are dancing in the street, and Carter says it's a long story. Kevin asks how her conference was, and she says it was a long story. Joe goes to her burnt house. Zane shows up to apologize. He says he'll make it up to her, but she won't, he won't leave her alone. So Joe kisses him to prove that there's nothing between them. How does that prove anything? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just Joe being ridiculous. <laughs> but Zane grabs her and kisses her again. Back at the smart house, Allison still has a headache, and we see that something's been implanted in her brain. We go back to the accident and find Beverly and some guy shooting something into Allison's neck, mm-hmm. like they're going back in time a little bit to show what actually happened. Beverly says she'll remember what they want her to remember. Right. So I think she thinks her head hurts because she hit her head on the rock, but right. it's actually that they shot her up with something. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. What did you think of that episode? I liked it. Yeah. Because of the music and, and the little quirky girl there. and I did like the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we will be back next week. <laughs> All right. See you later, people. <laughs> Bye. Programming here has been successfully deployed, boss. I think we got everybody. That is a code 1048. All clear. Yes, it is. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Come back next time for another Warehouse 14 for this episode. See you then. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.